When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley, and on the show today, we're going to talk to a couple of experts about some pretty exciting things that are going on in the Atlanta community. And if you've been anywhere recently through the world's busiest airport, Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport, you've probably experienced some of the change that's going on there. And to talk to us about that and some other really neat programs that are happening at the airport, we are happy to welcome Mr. Roosevelt Council, who is the aviation manager. This is his job, making sure this airport stays the busiest airport in the world and runs uber efficiently. And then Valerie Nesbitt also joins us. She is the business diversity officer at the airport. And there's a program that's going on out there that we want to, uh, we'll have her tell us about. So I want to say thank you to both of you, Mr. Council. Thank you. And Ms. Nesbitt for coming by. Thank you. So how are things at the airport these days? We're flying. Short answer to a very simple question. Things are going really well. How does the airport, Mr. Council, manage year after year to hang on to uh, the pride that we have in having dethroned O'Hare all those years ago and being the busiest airport in the world? Yeah, so there's a lot of things that probably come into play, but mostly I think it's really the relationship that we have with our hub carrier, which is our hometown carrier, which is Delta Airlines. You know, Hartsfield-Jackson is a connecting hub, and uh, Delta is our hub carrier. They represent about 80 to 83% of the traffic that comes through Hartsfield-Jackson. And most of the flights, if you've ever flown a Delta flight, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have, no matter where you are, you're going to come through Atlanta to get to wherever you're going. And so, you know, that sort of pushes us uh, in our passenger counts up. And so, and that will continue. And our numbers have constantly increased over the past few years because Delta is always looking to increase the number of places that they can actually go to. But we've also been bringing in other airlines like JetBlue, Frontier, Spirit. You know, so we try to cover the whole spectrum in terms of the offerings that we can make for the people that want to fly out of Hartsford-Jackson. So the most people's experience with our airport will be either passing through it or trying mm-hmm. to, to leave here to get someplace else. Well, what does the airport general manager actually do? If you were in broad strokes going to paint a picture of what your job means to our community, what would you say? Yeah, so uh, it covers probably several spectrums. Uh, but for the traveling public, uh, our overall mission is to make sure that people who enter our airport can actually get to their gate and get to their destination as safe as possible. But wrapped in that is our ability to actually provide as much, uh, I should say, great customer service along the way. And we've actually done that. And that's always been a, a focus of ours. But in terms of what I do, you know, it's really, it's so multifaceted. And there are just so many things that go on at this airport. From the time that you actually park your car in a parking deck, that was something that was planned. From the time that you actually get to the curbside, okay, there was a lot of work to be done around even planning that, especially with our expansion. And if you've been out to the airport recently, especially on the north side, you'll see that we've actually started to build some canopies. But there was a lot of work 
to be put in place to make sure that that project itself did not impede our passengers' ability to get up to the curbside and get inside the building. Uh, but mostly it's actually working with our uh, stakeholders, TSA, CBP, the airlines, the concessionaires, to make it a very smooth transition for all of our passengers. But it takes a lot of planning. And because things are almost real time, and after a while it becomes second nature, but we have a great, I would say, camaraderie of people who have a very specific myopic goal in mind, which is, again, to make sure that that passenger that comes through Hartsford-Jackson is taken care of and they can get to their destination as soon as possible without any kind of issues along the way. Ballpark, how many employees does it take to run our airport? Currently on campus, we have about 63,000 employees, which I believe is the largest employer in the state of Georgia. That's its own little city, isn't it? Uh, Basically, so we have everything except the dry cleaners. That's the only thing that we don't have is a dry cleaner. Okay, so we'll put that on your list of things to work on. For sure. So when you talk about the canopies and some of the things that we're seeing in the transformation of our airport, is that the ATL Atlanta Next program? Yeah, it is is a part of it, yes. Um, ATL Next, by definition, is our uh, new capital improvement program, okay? Uh, And so every maybe 15 to 20 years, most airports literally have to take a look at their facilities and their infrastructure to ensure that what they currently have in place can meet the upcoming and impending demand around capacity and growth. Uh, and that's what we did. And it really takes that long because oftentimes when you have to build something at the airport, it takes a while to get it there. A runway can take 10 years. A concourse can take 10 years. So a lot of the work that has to be done has to be pre-planned and actually planned out. Uh, so for us, uh, ATL Next is our multi-billion dollar, multifaceted capital improvement program that has a slew of projects uh, contained within it. And I think that's what we'll probably be talking a little bit more about today. Yeah. If you wanted to go ahead and highlight some of the sure. big picture things that are sure. uh, initial components of this yeah. plan that are people can see now. Sure. So uh, we mentioned the canopies. Uh, so we've already started the canopy work on the north side of the domestic terminal, which we're almost pretty close to being done. And then we're going to jump over to the south side, okay? And so we're going to have that done. But while that is taking place, on the inside, we've started to refurbish a lot of our whole rooms, which is where people go and sit and wait just before they get on planes. You know, we've added a whole lot more light within those whole rooms. We knocked out some of the walls and added more windows. We've also added more raised ceilings, uh, added LED lighting, uh, expanded our ability to uh, provide uh, uh, better uh, modes of movement throughout the terminal. Uh, so it's really exciting for us right now. And I like the really tile floors. Times. It makes it so much easier for a wheeled bag. It I does. mean, you would... And there's a reason for that. And it's just for the reason that you just mentioned. You know, that's why we actually put them in there. Uh, it, it makes it a, a whole lot easier. But we're also doing things that are not necessarily inside of the terminal. We're looking to expand our cargo, all right, our footprint here. Uh, and so we've already started progress on expanding that footprint. Uh, out on the airfield, we're looking at the possibility of adding a six runway. Uh, and so, you know, it's probably, I would say, ATL Next may be an aggregate of maybe 200 or more projects. You know, and how long is it going to take us to complete all of these projects? What's the plan suggested? I would say that uh, the plan is to probably try to get it done maybe within the next uh, 10 to 15 years. And each project in itself would probably, and some will actually be done sooner, okay? Uh, the uh, longer projects, like a runway, as I mentioned, 
can take up to uh, 10 years. Uh, but the canopies will be done by uh, toward the end of 2019, uh, both sides of it. Uh, and so uh, along those projects that we have, um, of course, we have schedules for every single one. Uh, you know, uh, projects will be finished within that time frame, but at different intervals. And Valerie Nesbitt, as the business diversity officer in the executive offices out at the airport, I know you are the point person on the airport's business diversity program. Would you explain to us what that is and how it, it rolls into some of the things that Mr. Council has talked about? Sure, no problem. So in the business diversity office, we work very closely with our Office of Contract Compliance. And what we do is to ensure that small, minority, and women-owned businesses have an opportunity to compete for the work that, that Roosevelt just, just described. And we do things like um, engagement, uh, recruitment of, of, of small, minority, women-owned suppliers, growth and development, focusing on areas like that, as well as hosting various uh, outreach events to ensure that they have visibility to the work that we're doing, as well as opportunities to um, bid and join forces with some of the prime contractors that are bidding on the work. And you did one of those late last year, is that correct? Sure did. Um, that was our, our, our annual event. We call that our Industry Day. Um, it was April 3rd. And one of the things that we did this year with the Industry Day is we did we added three new components. So the, historically, the program has been around, or the, the day, the industry day, it's a full-day event, and we typically have our prime contractors, we have training sessions, things that we want, we update the community on the projects that, that Mr. Council just shared, um, and then we talk about how to do business with the airport, just different, different, different um, subjects like that. But um, this year, we, as I mentioned, we added three new elements the first was a industry roundtable. So what we did was we invited, I think it was about maybe a dozen or so, of our small minority women-owned firms who have been do doing work at the airport for many, many years. And um, we asked them to come in to just sit at a roundtable and to have candid conversations with firms that are interested in coming to do work with us. We wanted them to hear from the experts in the field that have, I like to say, cracked the code on really how to do work, how to literally successfully do work at the airport. It was a very, very successful event or session, shall I say. Um, the other thing that we added this year was our, um, it was an industry role. We called it industry role. And it involved different organizations and resources that these same businesses would need to tap into, again, to position themselves to do work with us. So uh, the other piece that we added as well was our matchmaking. So we've never done the matchmaking before, which was really, really exciting as well. Talk more about that. So with the matchmaking, we invited some of our prime contractors to come in to um, meet and have a one-on-one -on -one dialogue with firms that, again, are interested in doing work with us. So we literally had three tracks you could choose from. If you're interested and you've never done work with us and you're interested in learning how, we had three different tracks for firms to, um, op opportunity for, for firms to uh, tap into. So now what kind of companies are you all looking for to do business with and to diversify the companies that the airport does business with? So, you know, in terms of the trades, I would say we're looking for all types of contractors, general contractors, um, architectural engineering firms, 
you know, any trade you can think of, we pretty much are looking for those. The different trades are plumbing, drywall, I mean, um, electrical contractors, demolition firms. But, you know, those are the experiences or types of firms, firms we're looking for. But most importantly, we're looking for firms that are going to provide value, firms that are going to um, deliver, you know, on, on, the, on the types of services that, they're, that they provide, but those that are leading in their field. So we don't, we don't like, and I know that, you know, my role, we're looking for small minority women-owned firms. We don't hire them just because they're minority or women-owned. They have to compete and they have to deliver quality service. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I can, Candice. Of course. Uh, you know, the uh, diversity program, as uh, Valerie mentioned, has been around for a while. You know, I mean, I think in 1973, when, when Maynard Jackson actually took office, you know, the city only had like 1%. Okay, in 1980, that moved up to 39%. And so that legacy has actually existed. And it's actually been quite robust uh, at Hartsfield-Jackson. Uh, and it's kind of been a cornerstone for us for a while. Uh, the bottom line is that you really can't, as a prime or as a majority firm, you can't really get work at the airport unless you can actually have a diversified partnership. So companies that think that they have the capacity and the services to offer to do work for the airport, and again, you said, Valerie, you have to compete for the contracts, and you have to be able to do the work. You have to be a leader in your field of expertise. What is what are the things that these types of firms should be doing now? Well, you know, Condes, that's exactly why we started our ATL behind-the-scenes training. Um, we recognize that um, a lot of firms don't really know what it takes to do work with us. And so we created the behind-the-scenes. We're taking firms behind-the-scenes on how to truly, on how to do work, how, how to get, how to compete and do work with the world's busiest and most efficient airport. So, for example, um, one of the first sessions that we hosted was, okay, how do, how do you register? How do I get certified? We gave them the foundational types of information. And then we, then we started, then we launched into safety and security, Learn, learning what are the safety requirements, what are, what, what's a safety plan, number one, and what, are, what, what, does, what does my firm have to have in order to be approved, have an approved safety plan? And I'll give you an example. We have what's called an EMR. It's a rating. It's sort of like your credit score rating. Well, it's a, it's a safety rating. And for the airport, you have to have a, a 1.0 or less. And if you, if you have anything over that, then we can't consider you. And a lot of firms don't know that. And so what we do in our classes is we teach them, okay, the, these are the minimum requirements. And to take them to another level, we have our safety officer, our safety managers, teaching them how to literally develop a safety plan. So we're walking them hand in hand on how to, how to, how to, how to accomplish that. Because I would assume that in a post-9-11 world, it is important for the airport to know or for the airport vendors, those companies who are working for you, working with you, to know all the things that they need to know about their employees for this safety and security reason. Is, is, am I thinking right? Yeah, but not only that, it's to be safe in terms of, you know, if you're out and you're up on that canopy and you're welding and you drop a hammer or you drop your welding tool on someone's head. I mean, that's not, you, you know, that, that, that's an example of you don't want that to happen. So, I mean, seriously, that's probably not the best example, but... But it's a very you know, practical example. It, it totally is. I mean, and that, that person up there welding 
has to be tied off. That's true. You know, it's just some basic things like that. And with the training that we're offering, and I didn't talk about the small business development, but that's another area that See, we're... I just went straight to the terrorism threat. I just, yes. you know, I know, I, I know, but what, what I, you know, I know, right? But, yes. but you know, we, we, we gave these individuals OSHA 10 certification training. So all of them walked away with OSHA 10 certification, you know, so... And that means just, what? So, so, with, so, so OSHA has um, two different levels. It's an OSHA 10, an OSHA 30. And what that what that tells them, the OSHA 30, of course, is a higher level, but the OSHA 10 gives them the foundation of things like slips and falls. Um, um, the other was the, the, as I mentioned, the tie off, but basically covering the slips and falls. Basic and things safety like that. things because you Basic want safety. everybody to be safe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 basically and this is such an intricate part, uh, we have what we call construction managers that are part of every project, okay? And part of their role is every night they have to develop the next day's safety plan, all right? And it involves everybody on the team, all right? And so I think that's what makes us a little bit unique. That safety plan outlines everything that has to be done, the work that has to be done the next day, and what elements of danger may actually exist and how we can confront those dangers and how we can possibly avoid them. And I think that in itself has probably made us if not one of the safest, maybe the safest airport when it comes to construction. But, you know, but there's two things around safety, and one is the safety and security, you know, that you mentioned about uh, the people who actually work here. So you're right, people have to be safe, but before you can get to work on campus, you literally have to go through a background check, okay? And you have to be badged, all right? And so that badging actually allows us to get an insight as to who you were over the last few years. All right, and that's an FBI background check. So it gives us that comfort that whoever we have out there, you know, uh, is somebody that we can feel like that we can trust. Where do I find airport RFPs? Sure. So they are on the City of Atlanta's website. Um, they would go to atlantaga.gov. And um, under the procurement section, there's a list. We typically list upcoming procurements as well. Generally, that's about um, two, two weeks or so out. Um, before it actually hits the um, list of RFPs or potential RFPs. But I always tell companies to go there first. That's the first stop because you can keep track of what's coming up as well as what's out there in terms of opportunities. The other thing that we have there on that particular website is under our Office of Contract Compliance, it lists where the different certifications are. So we talked about the small business, minority business, women-owned business, our Office of Contract Compliance conducts the certifications for those firms. So in order for you to be considered a small minority or woman-owned business with Hartsville-Jackson mm -hmm. or the City of Atlanta in general, mm -hmm. you have to be certified by the Office of Contract Compliance. So we're talking about how you are all able to put information out to potential contractors who want to do business, work with the airport. Once somebody's in... Is there an opportunity for those folks to give you guys feedback about how things are going, like a, a contractor roundtable or something like that? Of course, there certainly is. As a matter of fact, we have a contractor's roundtable generally two or three times a year. In fact, I have one coming up on June the 20th. Um, and the primary purpose of that is to just do, do exactly what you just uh, shared, Condes, to get input from them. Um, we want to be very transparent, but we also want to be open to hear from the firms that are currently working with us. Because if we're going to start adding new firms to the, to, the, to the equation, 
you got to make sure it's working already with those that you're doing business with first, you know. And so um, we, we, we use that time to hear from them. How is it working? Um, what are things that we can do better? What can we do differently? What can we do together, most importantly, in order to achieve our goals? Yeah, you know, and I think in addition to that, the conversations with some of the people who've been out there has been really important in terms of their sharing of some construction strategies around certain projects. Again, you know, these are the guys that actually have boots on the ground just actually doing this stuff, you know. And so oftentimes we will lay out a plan that highlights what we really want to do, and that serves as a basis for our RFP. And it allows us to define who we can actually select uh, in the criteria for that. But it's these people who've been there for a while. And I mentioned earlier about the kind of work at the airport, and it's not easy work. You know, one of the ones that we actually had an industry day on, and I'll just be specific here, is that we're expecting to extend our plane train, which is the train that you take to every concourse, which is underground work, all right, which means it's going to be some tunneling. All right. And so uh, one of the things that was important for us was that we work on a very concise schedule. And the worst thing that we can do is have a bunch of people to provide us with proposals that has no idea of actually being anywhere close to being qualified. And so we felt that that industry day that focused itself completely on that project, defined the project in a lot of minutiae terms so people can understand. And by the end of that session, it was clear to us that those people were basically saying, that's not for me. That's not for me. And so what happened is that we got people who were really qualified to do it, you know, and city council approved the project this past week. Well, congratulations on that. Mm-hmm. You guys have incredibly big jobs. I, I don't envy your start of the day every day. Our new mayor says it's a new day. How's that going working with Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms? Great. You know, and I think that um, one of the things for us, and this is why diversity, you know, when we bought Valerie on in 2016, uh, diversity has always been Im- important to us, but we felt like that we needed to sort of have a more myopic focus on it, you know, in a different strategy. Uh, that was a strategy uh, maybe about 10 to 15 years ago. But this, we decided that we wanted to do something different, which was to actually go out and bring people in and have a conversation and literally bring them to a table to where we can share how they can actually become better. Okay, but also how they can do business. But under Valerie's guidance, she also got the business community who had done work at the airport and started to partner these people together. And it really became, you know, sort of somewhat of a relationship that has served us well. Uh, But the biggest part for us as it pertains to the new administration, the mayor has talked about equity. And that's kind of what we do, you know, because, again, we are a harbinger of economic opportunity out there. Right, and, and so we give people opportunity. We create opportunity, and that opportunity is available for those who actually qualify. And we will continue to be in that frame of mind. But it's important that we allow everyone the opportunity to compete, not just those firms who seem to have always been in that galvanized area. We're trying to expand that area. And through this program, we've actually been able to do that. It sounds kind of like a grow-with-us strategy. Ms. And it Nesbitt. works for totally, us. Totally. You know, you mentioned you said we've got a tough job, but... You know, it's really exciting, quite frankly. Um, when I joined the organization, I had to look back and I, you know, I recall you mentioned um, the late um, Mayor May- Maynard Jackson. And I think about the foundation that he built and the legacy that he left. And that motivates me every single day to do everything that I can to continue to build upon that legacy, create the opportunities. Um, open the doors that would have potentially been closed for firms, but most importantly, position them 
for success. You know, we don't want to open the door for firms that, hey, you know, we open the door, but you're going to fail. No, 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 no. We want to position you for success. And I think that's what we do in our Office of, of Business Diversity. And quite frankly, I, I, I'm excited about it. I, I love it. Um, and it brings a smile on my face when I have been able to successfully join those two firms. I see that company that may have started off, you know, small, doing small, you know, something small for us that have be, really expanded their, their companies. And um, doing things outside of the airport even. I mean, we want them to grow with us, but th- there's no limit, you know, to what these companies can do outside of Hartsville-Jackson. Yeah, and some of them are obviously unsure of themselves. They want to take that step, you know, and they see the opportunity, uh, but some of them are a little bit hesitant because they don't think that they can actually do it. Uh, and I think that's where Valerie has been quite instrumental in sort of dragging them across that line. And once they get once they get there, you know, we don't let them go by themselves. We tend to hold our hand along the way. All right. There are going to be some listeners who have ideas and want to find out more information. Valerie Nesbitt, if you wanted to point them to a website to get that information, what would that be? Sure. So I would direct them to our ATL Next website, and that is next, N-E-X-T dot A-T-L dot com. Outstanding. Valerie Nesbitt, Business Diversity Officer at the airport and airport manager, aviation manager, Roosevelt Council. Uh, You keep us all safe. We thank you for doing that. And y'all keep us number one, too. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, MyAndalusCondo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.